Cooking speed is off, Shane. My uh, my aim is pretty piss poor today. Have we been drinking? No. What? In what? Well, I had a, I did have a couple drinks, obviously, last night, but not not like drinking. And uh, amazingly, I have managed to accomplish zero things while being not hungover. And uh, I don't understand it. Like, I just feel so fucking lazy. <laughs> Dude, welcome to my fucking world, man. I've, oh. not, I've done shit. I've done fuck all. And I don't want to do anything, you know? Right, what's this dickhead doing? All right, somebody's got to invite Mike on here. I don't know how to do that. Um, hold on one second. Let me... Why did they change this? I don't know. It's fucking awkward. Like, it used to be... Hang on. Oh, add participant. There it yeah, is. Yeah, I've got it. Oh, all right. It's like it used to be right on the main page, and now it's, yeah. it's no longer there. Like, if you're looking at the call, you have to go to a different window. Yeah, it's fucking awkward. It's like there's a thing on my bottom left of the screen that says participants and adding people and hmm. stuff. Can you hear me? Yes. Cool. Good morning to you all. Well, to you two, anyway. Yeah. It's barely morning over here, but I am still in I give up on life gray sweatpants and a hoodie. I just give up on life. I haven't showered in two days. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm at the same, actually. Yeah, I also have not showered today, so we are a bunch of stinky fucks. (laughs) Well, put it this way. Every time I go for a shit now, Ziggy goes to the front door because my extractor fan doesn't work. Oh, damn it. Why wasn't I recording the backup and you said that? (laughs) Would you like me to repeat it? No, I got it. Don't Uh, worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ziggy demands I open the door when I go for a shit. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, come on. Don't do this to me. He does it when he goes to the toilet. Okay, my uh, video connection is getting dodgy on me, so I'm going to open my laptop screen, just in case. That same connection also connects all the USB to the laptop, so... Oh. If that goes, then we're in trouble. But now I've got to look at this awful 16 by 9 image on my ultra-wide monitor. It's disgusting. Is it of you? <laughs> no, Shane. It's a picture of your fucking face and your cat staring at me in an icon. I can arrange it, though. Hang on. No, I don't need that. There you go. Hello. Oh, good God. As blurry as ever, Shane. Is it dark there? Or that, yeah, I was going to ask, is it night? No, it's not dark. My living room light is on. Wait, that's what the light's on? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Do you live in Buffalo Bill's house? <laughs> <laughs> well, put it this way. You've caught me on a good day or I'm not doing my bad, a good boy horses routine. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it, but I'm not going to. That's incredible. All right. If I can find my stuff on this tiny screen now, I got to move everything. All right. There we go. 
All right, boys, let's start this up. Uh, seeing as we haven't done a professional episode in a while, I don't know if I'm going to remember how to do it, but... Professional? Oh, yeah, absolutely professional. We'll give it our best. Yeah, good luck, Willard. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Why was that the the uh, camera not on on that, Shane? God damn it! A blood, a blood curdling howl. I just squished a bollock. Oh, it fucking hurts! Oh my god, that's awful. That's so it's, awful. Mike, do you see? Do you see what you're looking forward to once you go past forty? Oh, I know, man. You gotta sit on your own balls. <laughs> Oh, it's not funny, you cunt. <laughs> it is kind of funny. <laughs> it fucking isn't. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you cunts are saying it. It's quite fucking funny. I'm not at the minute. Oh. I, th- I think oh. I can hear the tears. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> All right, Shane, shake it off. Take a lap. Oh, fuck Come me! Oh. oh my god! <laughs> Which one was it? Oh my god! Oh, the, lo- the lower one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to specify. <laughs> oh, that was a particularly bad one. Oh fuck! Holy shit! If I start talking in falsetto, you know why. <laughs> I did hear you go a couple octaves up there, Shane. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right, while, while Shane composes himself, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, <laughs> the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovie.com. <laughs> Here on the podcast, we like to discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including, but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, or Shane's balls, whatever else happens to come up. If you want to reach the podcast, you can get us on Gmail, all you need is bloodpod at gmail.com, the Facebook group, all you need is blood, Instagram account, all you need is blood podcast. And if you're listening to us, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, just type in all you need is blood and subscribe. Shane, have you caught your breath yet? I have. Surprised you didn't black out. Oh, it fucking feels like I was going to. Jesus. Alright, so we need a blow-by-blow here of what exactly happened. I moved my leg. I caught my right testicle in the seam of my jeans. Oh, Jesus Christ. But not like a pulling a hair out, more like 
smashing it, I'm guessing. Almost yanking my testicle out of its socket. Oh, good God. Yes. Oh, you you God. didn't want kids or anything, did you? No, oh, fuck no. Then you have nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to a man who scares kids on a daily basis just for shits and giggles. You know, Shane, people pay good money to have their balls stretched, so I don't see what the big deal is. I can is. do it for free. <laughs> I just fucking did. Jesus H. Christ. That stung. Wow. That's going to throb. I've never, I've never sat on my balls before i've i've like moved my leg funny and like squished them yeah like 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 roll them yeah 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 but like i've heard people like sitting on them and i i don't know maybe i just don't have long balls (laughs) you don't got them long balls i do but like maybe not that long (laughs) and i'm starting to feel insecure about my own balls yeah but it's it's like you have to be careful. You haven't got big balls as well, because if you've got big balls, they're bigger to sit on, and there's more space, and there's more pain. <laughs> now I'm just insecure like... that Shane has got like this massive downstairs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> huge. So much. I fucking wish. It's like two fucking coconuts down there. It's like a couple of fucking watermelons, mate. Well, other than balls. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since we had all three of us on here. Like, uh, six, yeah. mo- six months or so, I think, because we did one podcast every three months. <laughs> well, the last what was the last one we did? The last one we did was with Sam and Max, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the one before that, we I lost. So, well, most of it I lost. Well, yeah. And also, uh, I don't know if you guys could hear, but the dogs are losing their goddamn minds downstairs. <laughs> I can hear a little bit of a dog. All right. I don't hear anything. Oh, and he's losing it. Oh, we're not going <laughs> It must be one of those awful neighbors walking by the house with their dog. Ooh. So Odie has to let them know that they're not allowed to be uh, in front of our house. Uh, okay. All right, so, Shane... I'm going to let you take a break and go to Mike first here because uh, <laughs> I feel like you still don't have it all under control. I'm fine. Mike, what, what's been going on with you recently? Have you been getting into anything good? Um, just been working a lot, man. Um, I've just been buying a ton of records. I did a record store day yesterday. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I usually do it with Val. It's like twice a year that we go to a local record store and uh, just you have that as an excuse to buy shit. And uh, yesterday, I really wanted two albums. One was Kitty, Oracle, because I'm a sucker for early 2000s new metal. Oh, um, I think I have that CD somewhere. I've got yeah, a CD. I have it's, a CD. It's the first time it's ever been on vinyl. So I was like, cool, you know, that's that's something to look forward to. And uh, the Foo Fighters, a.k.a. Dream Widow, I've talked about them before, um, for their last movie, uh, that's 6661. Mm -hmm. Their fake band, Dream Widow, in the movie, they actually, he released a vinyl of it, and that was limited to uh, 12,000 yesterday. So I picked both of those up, and then um, 
Yeah, Val spent way more money on records than I did, which is like wow. the first time I asked her. I'm like, are you turning into me? <laughs> um, she, uh, well, I found it, but she bought it. She, it was a 1970s uh, sealed Disney record. It's like four records, and it was like the 50th anniversary of Disney. And uh, it was like the soundtrack to all these different, you know, uh, cartoons and everything. It was really fucking neat. Um, besides that, I've been trying to go to the gym again. I go to the gym after work every night. I've been trying to. Um, just trying to get healthy, man. I'm just in a shitty mindset because <laughs> I'm working all the time and I'm got no time for anything now. So... My gaming is limited. My everything is limited, but I keep spending money, so that's not good. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I can yeah. relate to that. It sucks. How about you, Shane? What have you been getting into? Just recently, I have been buying Christmas presents for people. I've been spending a stupid amount of money on Christmas presents. And ironically enough, myself, because um, it's like, you know what you have to do, you know, it's like for every Christmas present you buy, you have to buy one or two things for yourself. And that's sure. what I'm doing. So um, I, I spent a stupid amount of money on makeup for my niece because she was telling me that she wanted to start wearing makeup again. I mean, she's 34. She's a mother of three kids. So I spent about £70 on buying her a fuck ton of makeup. Um, I have been buying myself vinyl, some pieces of vinyl, and I have been buying myself some lots of CDs. I'm actually waiting for... I got one CD through the door today. Um, the Cure have released the 30th anniversary edition of Wish. I can't believe it's 30 years since it came out because I bought it first time round. Yeah, I saw a bunch 30. of Cure albums yesterday at the record store, like yeah. some record store day Cure albums, yeah. Yeah, there's the double picture disc for Wish. Um, I had a look online today and it's £60. Uh, that's just fucking ridiculous. And I'm not paying £60 for a double picture disc as much as I love the Cure. There's no way I'm doing that. But um, I did pick up the latest Garbage Anthology. I also picked up the latest album by the Pixies. Um, I picked up the soundtrack score for Christine by John Carpenter off Amazon. Um, I also picked up off Amazon for a fucking ridiculously pr uh, cheap price um, the soundtrack score for Halloween Kills. I hate the movie, right? I fucking hate the movie. <laughs> The soundtrack was amazing. I love the soundtrack, right? Amazon had it reduced to ten ninety nine on orange vinyl. Wow. I was like, fuck me, I'm having that. And I literally just looked at it. I thought, is there anything wrong with it? It's sealed, perfectly good condition, brand new, and ten ninety nine. I was like, I'm fucking having it. There's no way I can pass that one up. Um, I got the... Final... Probably the only thing wrong with that, Shane, is that you'll have to be reminded that Halloween kills every time you look at it. Well, yeah, there is that, but you know, I can 
I, you know, I have moments where I can forget about it. You know, it's not like, um, um, it's just, (laughs) I just got a message off Ed. Ed's in hospital, by the way, um, at the moment. Um, He's got pancreatitis. And, and (laughs) he's not been to the toilet for five days. And he just said, he just sent me a message. I basically said I had a massive shit today. Stung a bit. (laughs) I'm glad we've got that out in the open. I'm sure Ed will, I'm sure Ed will appreciate it. Actually, it's funny that you say like a uh, stupid amount of money on Christmas presents because, well, I know Val won't listen to this. Well, uh, she doesn't so, listen to any of them. So I trust, neither do I. But so I, so I trust uh, you guys won't tell her, but um, she's been very busy with school and, um, you know, sometimes her, cats litter boxes get a little backed up so when i go over there i do her litter boxes and she's got three litter boxes she's got four cats and i was like you know what i'm gonna try to get her something to help with that and it was a litter robot right so they just came out with a litter robot four and this thing is an automatic litter box and you could do it manually, or you could do it as a timer. It um, counts your cat's uh, weight, or measures your cat's weight. It, it It's amazing. It like just twirls, and the poop falls through a, a hole, and you just take the bag out and throw it in the garbage. Does Super. it measure the, the poop weight? <laughs> I mean, if, it, if the cat goes in there, and they say it's a certain weight, and then it leaves. And then it leaves. I'm assuming, it, it, you know, you could probably put two and two together. But that thing was expensive. I paid $800 for it. Oh, my Jesus God. Jesus Christ. Jeannie, I'm not going to measure your shit weight, I promise. <laughs> but it's just, it's so nice. I mean, it does all the work for you. I mean, she's got, there's a lot of shit in those litter boxes. Those cats, man. So Don't even tell me. That's on my list for today. I haven't, I haven't done it in like three or four days. And yeah. Now it's going to be a fucking disaster, man. I did it last night, so I'm okay. But Ziggy has this tendency to pull, because um, I was lying the tray of paper um, underneath the litter, and he has a tendency to pull the paper over. <laughs> so I have to, like, push it back with something so he can use it again because otherwise he expects me to change it every single fucking time. Halloween, <laughs> Halloween kills vinyl. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, just a copy of the Blu-ray, you know, because I can do that. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, what else have I been buying? What else have I been doing? Um, I've just made Ed laugh his ass off because I just told him I read that out on air and he went, amazing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I just told him I just squished a testicle, and he's just he's just laughed his ass off at that. So that's all good. So we're we're all good. Yay. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I got the Cure vinyl um, or the CD. Sorry, because it's a triple CD. There's three discs, thirty-seven tracks. And being a lifelong Cure fan, I was incredibly fucking happy when they decided to actually read this, uh, redo this one. Um, because I knew there were other tracks, or I knew there were other tracks in circulation, um, that hadn't been released, and they're all on this, all on the CD. So I'm incredibly fucking happy about that. Um, 
what else is there? I have ordered and am waiting for it to arrive the anniversary edition of Typo Negatives Dead Again. Mine um, just came in, my uh, vinyl. I got the. I've not ordered the vinyl, I've got the CD because the vinyl is ridiculously expensive in the UK. Well, yeah, it was ridiculous here too. It was like I paid like 50 bucks for that fucking thing. Yeah, it's about 50 quid here as well. But um, I got the CD. So, um, was yours a uh, coloured vinyl? Did you get the coloured vinyl one? Yes, it was on the uh, Revolver site. I think it was just green, like green yeah. marble or something. Yeah, yeah. See, that's doing the rounds for about sixty pounds over here. Did you uh, also get their uh, other album, their fake live album? Oh, um, what the fuck Feces. Yeah, Origin. yeah. They Origin. just uh, they put that on vinyl too. I don't oh, think you might ship yet. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be fucking awesome. I'd love to get that. I love that album. I just find it really funny. I mean, how else can you open a track with I know you're fucking someone else? <laughs> you know, it's just fucking first time I heard it, I was like, this is fifteen minutes fucking long. You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then you hear it and then he's berating the fake audience and then you know, <laughs> you pay fifteen dollars to come and see us. Go fuck yep. yourself, you know. <laughs> fucking genius. Do you know, I miss Pete Steele. I really do. And, yeah. you know, it's it was a fucking sad day when he passed away. But I just love Typo Negative. I really do. It's just, they're just one of those bands that, you know, I always got into. And it was, they're one of those bands where I just fucking just love their music. And I love their sense of humor and stuff. Oh, no. this is, oh, do you know what? Oh, fucking Ed, what a bastard. <laughs> do you know what he's done? He's just screenshot our conversation, right? And he's posted it and he's tagged me in it on Facebook. Yeah. Right? I told that's Shane. Called, that's yeah, called payback. Yeah, I told Shane, so I guess you lot can know too. This is great news. We heal him up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I had a massive shit today. Stung a bit. I just read that out on the podcast. Amazing. I also squished him on one of my testicles and yelped in pain live on air. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that, I believe I believe that's called cross-promotion. Yeah. Yeah, so now uh, Actually, everyone gets a boost from this news. Good work, Shane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, awesome. <clears throat> well, yeah. Let's see, what have I been getting to, boys? Uh, one, I'm 40 now, so I am old as fuck. How does it feel? It feels awful. I have not squished my balls yet. Um, <laughs> I feel it coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, it feels exactly like 39, only worse. So that's what you got. I got to look forward to. Well, I'll got that next year. Yeah. I'll be 35 in a couple months. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know how it We is all getting old. Oh, man. I look at my face in the mirror and I just go, gross. You've been doing that for years, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been going on forever. But it's getting worse. I'm like, oh, God. This thing looks awful. So. Uh, I treated myself to a birthday present. I bought myself a new hoodie because my uh, my favorite uh, upcoming horrormovies.com hoodie is, like, dissolving now. It's gotten to the point that I've had it for probably, like, over a decade. 
And, like, the elbows, I've patched them two or three times. Oh, my God. It's, it's fucking... Now the wrists are becoming tattered. Like, it's just falling apart. I mean, not that they weren't quality hoodies when fucking... When Frightmaster purchased them, but uh, I'm sure it's... They're not made of the best material, so... I went I went online to this place, uh, Vampire Freaks, and they have this awesome Cthulhu shirt. And it's got, like... Um, tentacles coming down the sleeves and it's got like a huge Cthulhu on the back. It's fucking awesome. I love it. Wait a minute. Did you just say Vampire Freaks? Yeah. That website is still going? I don't know. Why? Is this like a rape site I'm not supposed to be on? No. Well, I, I, I first fucking joined that like in 2008 and then left promptly after because it was one of those fucking forum sites. I don't, they sell t-shirts. I don't know. <laughs> really? And shit. Why? Yeah, maybe it's the same thing. I have no idea. I didn't notice a forum on the site. I was just like looking through horror shirts. Maybe and I saw this one. I'm like, oh, I want that. Hmm. So, and uh, along with Mike, um, I decided that instead of buying like one or two presents, oh no, Shane said it, when you buy one or two presents for yourself for Christmas as opposed to like getting other people things, I decided just to not get anyone anything else and I'm just going to spend all my money on uh, Blu-rays for myself. So uh, for Black Friday, I went on Severin's website and purchased their Black Friday mega bundle for like $300. Oh my God. (laughs) Which includes, probably the thing I'm most excited about is uh, it it has uh, Dario Argento's autobiography and hardcover. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. I want that. But it's like uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which is a classic Argento film. That one's great. Uh, The Five Days, Axion Mutante, which I think is a Spanish movie. I don't know. Um, I Miss You Hugs and Kisses. That's probably a porno. Uh, The Devil's Game, The Dogs, Sex is Crazy, which is definitely a porno. Um, Blood Blood on Melly's Moon. Which looks great. Oh my god, Chini, get off my fucking desk, you bitch. <laughs> she just jumped up and was going for the keyboard. Alright, and it comes with, like I said, that hardcover autobiography and a bunch of Severin pins, which now I have like th- three or four of these things and I don't know what to do with them. Like, okay. I guess I have to buy like a, a denim jacket and start putting pins on it. I don't know. Get a pin board. A pin board. Like a, uh, what do they call them? A, uh... Like a cork board. Yeah. Oh. I could do that. Could. They're, pro- they're more than likely you're just going to throw them somewhere and they're going to collect dust. There is, I have a literal plastic baggie full of pins that, <laughs> okay. that are in my room. <laughs> it's just a Ziploc bag from the kitchen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did that. And then, of course, Vinegar Syndrome was having a sale. So I had to go take a look and see what they had. And they have re-released a bunch of stuff I had missed over the years. So I went and picked up a few Blu-rays that I was uh, missing from my Vinegar Syndrome collection. I was looking at their older stuff, and I really want the slipcovers. And I'm really trying Ooh. to save money, despite what I just said previously. Yes, but, that's um, the killer. The slip co- They re-released some of the slipcovers. Yeah. And I, I believe you can purchase just the covers. Can you? If you look up, If you look up a movie that has a slipcover... And the little drop-down menu will say, like, whatever, limited edition, normal edition, and then slip only is no usually shit. one of the options. 
So if you just want the slip cover, that may be an out for you. That's if it's in stock. Oh! That was my toe, that was my toe not my balls. <laughs> what do you keep referencing my balls? <laughs> well, I mean, we might as well keep going, Shane. Are you um? Are you grabbing that uh, the yearly vinegar syndrome? Thing? Okay, so if if you read the fine print, and I had to actually correct one of my buddies on this who was talking to me on it, if you currently have a yearly subscription, you. You can't buy that reserve seat yet because you already have a reserve seat. You have to wait until December when all the current uh, yearly subscription holders will get an email saying re-sign up. But yes, I probably will be doing that. Yeah, I'm thinking about I'm glad that they pushed it back to January because it gives me time to... uh... Right, recoup, right. recoup after, some after of that money. Yeah, I was going to say, after you've done all your Christmasing and whatnot. Yeah. You know, the problem is it happens in November and you're like, oh, I have a ton of money. I'll just blow it all. And then come Christmas, you're like, oh, I can't buy anyone anything because I bought <laughs> Blu rays. Absolutely. <laughs> I bought a year's worth of Blu rays. <laughs> My God. I actually. But, uh, but yeah, so that's basically what I've been doing. Um, I would also like I mean, to point out, I bought. Uh, I, there's a website in the UK called Hotel Chocolat, and okay. they they do like expensive chocolate and booze and stuff. And I actually bought a friend of mine a bottle of salted caramel and clementine vodka based liqueur. That sounds fucking amazing. I'm I'm picturing like one of those really fancy martinis with like um a swirl of like orange skin coming out of it. Yeah, probably. But... Like foreskin. Yeah, oh. Like, <laughs> just draped over the side. <laughs> Ew, I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link to their website because I think there is a way you can access it in the US. Just what I need. St- <laughs> they actually more, have stores in the US. More chocolate booze. Yeah, there you go. Oh, website closure. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> um, hang on. Yeah, no, closed in the US. We'd like to say a huge thank you for enjoying my chocolate and hot chocolate. Sharing with chocolate happiness throughout the US has been a pleasure for us. If you need to speak to us for queries. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. So there was a website for Did US. Did you just laugh at the word queries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not thinking straight ever since the ball incident. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if you wanted to, I don't know, you could order stuff, but I spent £55 on ordering stuff from Hotel Chocolat this week. Because mm. the plan is, um, the, they do these tiny little selector packs. You get like six to 12 chocolates in them. And there was one that was like passion fruit and white chocolate. And then there was... Like they have like blondies and brownies, and they do chocolate liqueurs and all encased in chocolate. So, I'm not a big chocolate guy. No, no, probably just because I eat really shitty chocolate, like Hershey's, and you know, not like real chocolate, but that plastic shit. Mm, so, yeah, it's, it's this stuff is real proper chocolate. I, I do enjoy a Three Musketeers every once in a while. I don't know. 
I'm going to have to try and organise something and send you guys like a box of these chocolates because they're fucking nice. They are expensive though, but you know, there's like they do an offer. They're doing an offer. It's like three for twelve pounds on these selectors, and they're like four pounds fifty each. That um, sounds heavy. Yeah. I... <laughs> That's a lot of chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate, Shane. <laughs> Yeah, this um, I bought nine selector packs to give to people for Christmas. So on top of like buying people gifts, you know, I am um, I've also I'm also going to be giving them chocolate as well. That's probably like twenty or thirty pounds of chocolate. Quite possibly, quite possibly. There's a lot. There's a lot there. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction of this booze that I bought my friend. How many pounds of booze was it? Well, it's a bottle, Mike. It's a bottle of booze. Well, a, a pint's a pound the world around, Mike. Did you know that a gallon of water is eight pounds? Um, no, I don't think that's true. It is true. Is it? A well, gallon? A, yeah, because... Because uh, a quart... What's it? Let's see. I, I can't remember the convert. Okay, yeah, because a quart is two pints. Yeah, two times. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. I learned I that in my uh, my boiler class well, a few years back. A, a pint is sixteen ounces, and sixteen ounces is a pound. So that means a pint of water is a pound weight. That's not right. That is right. <laughs> a pint's a pound the world around. That's how a, I remember that. A pint is a pound a world around. The world around. No matter where you are in the world, a pint is one pound. Unless you go to a sketchy U.S. bar that serves 12-ounce pints, but that's just, like, against the law. I'd fucking kick off, I would, if someone was to give me a 12-ounce pint. I'd be like, that's not a fucking pint. Where's the fucking... You're right, that's, n- that's not a pint. <laughs> yeah, I would be the first person to turn around and say, where's the fucking rest of my pint? Dickheads. Yeah, fucking wasters. Oh, I forgot, I did get music guys uh for my birthday yeah my buddy matt for my birthday got me some music and i believe this is in response to me this entire season of yukon football games i brought my cassette player boombox and would force them to listen to cassettes the entire time but i only i only own like eight cassettes (laughs) so we listened to overkill like four times perfect (laughs) a nirvana i forgot what else i have So for my birthday, he he got me the Batman soundtrack. Good call. Um, yep. So I got that one. The Top Gun soundtrack. Wow. The uh, what was the other one? Oh, and of course the Rocky Four soundtrack, which oh, is God. probably the, the best soundtrack in history. So that's a but good I think solid he did it out of... <laughs> set of music for a forty-year-old. <laughs> he definitely did it for selfish reasons because I know he's like, I don't want to listen to this shit anymore that you have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, I'll, I'll have, I'm gonna have to fucking sort out some tapes for you. Oh my god, Shane, that would be great. I'll have to sort some tapes out. I've, I've got a load of tapes that I obviously will never listen to again because I don't have a tape player anymore. So I'm gonna send you some of my old tapes, and you're gonna be fucking shocked and probably appalled as well. But and I, I will say, so I had uh, this boombox right. And I had a set of D batteries that I put in there at the beginning of the season in like August. 
and those fucking things are still going today. I've never changed the batteries. That's pretty Damn. impressive. So I don't know if it's if like technology's gotten better. Cause I can remember in a boom box, you put batteries in it. You're good for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had a buddy of mine. We used to, my buddy, Sam, who, oh, obviously Sam, who was on the podcast with us. And, uh, a good few years ago, we were walking around being all Gothic and miserable during the summer. And we had his boom box and we were playing the cure staring at the sea on cassette. And it was like the greatest hits. So we were playing it and we were listening to it and walking around. We had these kids stop us. What are you listening to is The Cure. Who are they? Get an education and fuck off. <laughs> it was like, when, you, when you just said you were walking around, it reminded me of like the beginning of Return of the Living Dead. That's pretty much what it was like. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of Friday the 13th Part 8. Jason kicks that boombox from the punk kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we used to do that a lot. We used to basically fucking go around with the boombox and just play obscure goth stuff at people. We used to get a lot of shit for it, but we didn't care. You know, we were enjoying ourselves. That'll show them. Yeah, so fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, that's quite funny because I, I, someone posted the other day um, actually, it was last night. Someone posted about their favourite um, movie soundtrack. Oh, what was it? It was on Twitter. Rocky Four was their favourite. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's anyone. Well, it could be someone's favourite, but not mine. Um, oh, so uh, they haven't heard Rocky Four yet, then? Well, obviously not, you know, but... <laughs> you know, it's got that fucking heart on fire song on it, hasn't it? It does. God. I just bought the uh, Dread soundtrack from Mondo. Do you know what? Dread? What, as in Judge Dread or Dread? <laughs> no, because you've got Judge Dread with the Sylvester Stallone one from 1995, 96. Right. And then you've got Dread, which came out a few years ago with Carl Urban. A few years ago? It's been almost 10 years. Oh my god! Yeah, well, no, right. No, <laughs> but yeah, right. the uh, the dread version. The yeah. So he, right? Someone, um, someone retweeted on Twitter. What movie has the greatest soundtrack of all time? Someone commented the Crow, which I thought fair enough, and I said I agree. But let's not forget the genius of Natural Born Killers. I don't remember either. My God. I had the Crow soundtrack. That my, I don't remember if it was a cassette or a CD, but I definitely owned it at one point. I still have it. I've got my original cassette that I bought in 1994. I've got it. I've had lost several copies of it on CD. I'm on my like my fifth copy on CD, and I also have it on vinyl that a very not good friend of mine bought for me for my birthday a couple of years ago. Uh. Limited edition to 800 copies. <laughs> black and white etched vinyl and it's a thing of beauty uh, <laughs> i usually go back and i erase like when there's dead zones and there's no no one talking i gotta remember to leave that one in that was just perfect <laughs> oh god all right let's get to the news boys before we before this gets out of hand news I didn't really look up any news, but I wanted to talk about 
something close to Shane's heart, uh, a new movie coming out. Uh, and I know you were involved in some way, Shane, and you were doing this all as like some type of cross promotion. Why don't you tell us about the Nutcracker Massacre? What? <laughs> as, or as we me. know it, the Fuck first you, five minutes of Fuck this you, episode. <laughs> Fucking give you Nutcracker Massacre, you wanker. So fucking rude. <laughs> is this your favorite upcoming movie, Shane? No, it fucking isn't. Okay. Is it, is it because you've already experienced the Nutcracker Massacre like five what? minutes ago? Fuck you. Fuck he you. doesn't need a movie, you know? <laughs> Screw you, you fucking hippie. So, uh, yeah, we watched the trailer for the Nutcracker Massacre, and it looks fucking unbelievably bad. Somebody was asking for, um, like, recommendations for, like, Christmas and holiday horror movies, and I think I linked this, <laughs> or at least the trailer for it, just to be like, yeah, this exists. <laughs> and they stopped so asking it, you. Yeah, like, get this guy out of this horror group. From what I can tell, uh, it's about a uh, nutcracker that comes to life and uh, kills people or something. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched the trailer. I just know it looked really bad. It looked like well, it was made for $10. That's what they get for buying a life-size nutcracker. Yeah. Oh, look at this beautiful nutcracker I'm going to keep in my house. That's six feet tall. I mean, I'll still watch it. it I mean, it looks awful, but I mean, it's, it's probably not Amityville- in the hood, awful. Oh, Amateurville Karen. Oh, God. Did you finish that, Mike? I know you got the no, DVD No, I right? got the DVD of it. I never watched it. Oh, God. It's going to be well. I, I, I just want you to get to, like, the last, like, 20 minutes where it's, like, just fucking awful Kickstarter rewards or whatever oh, it is. I don't even know. It's, it's like, unbearable. I'd be embarrassed so if my name was in that movie. <laughs> Probably. I would just no, be, like, like I would you'd be extra. in the movie. You, you would be a person who oh. filmed his own segment and be in the movie, technically. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, that's that's a bad situation to be in. So, yeah, Nutcracker Massacre looks bad. Um, we also watched Chris, a trailer for Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Um, Mike, did you happen to watch this one, or you avoided it? <laughs> no, I, I watched it. I'm actually kind of excited for it. It looks fun. Actually, hang on a minute. What? Mike watched the trailers? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I took tricked a him shit. into it. I, I said I was going to be late, and I forced him to watch it. Well, Wait, you weren't I... actually running late? No, I was ready. You <laughs> 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 actually did trick me then. Because I was like, no, oh, well, I'm going to go take it down. <laughs> People who listen to the podcast, this is a world first. Mike actually watched the trailers. That would be like getting Shane to watch the movies we're going to discuss. <laughs> hey, I did watch some stuff this week, I'll have you know. All right, all right, calm down. So, Christmas, <laughs> bloody Christmas. Uh, what do you think of this one, Mike? I think it looks fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like the idea of like a Terminator Santa movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the effects look really good in the uh, in the trailer too. About some like robot Santa going going around fucking <laughs> killing people with like laser eyes and shit. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks it looks nuts. But I thought I think like um, the coloring, like when they show like people's faces and stuff, it's all greens and reds and yeah, I don't know. It sort of reminded me of like some weird seventies or eighties 
movie, super stylized, but it's also about a killer robot, and I'm like, okay, I like this. Um, and I think it was going to be on Shutter, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it started out with the uh, Shutter logo, so. Well, and they've I'm been in. they do pretty good work for like their Shutter original movies, so I'm pretty excited for this. Yeah. Now, what do you think of this one, Shane? It looked dreadful. It really <laughs> did look the most the, like. Oh, I've just got no words. Did you watch it? I did. I think I commented in the group chat and said they look fucking awful. <laughs> but, you know, it's just I just can't. I have no words. Well, I don't really have any other news for today, boys, uh, other than I think one of the Power Rangers died and somebody else died, too. I Listen, who. the Green Ranger. The Green Ranger. And he is also the White Ranger. Also the White Ranger, right? He passed away. Right. I just wanted and to... I, I, I absolutely acknowledge his contribution to the Power Rangers. Thank you. Now, did he do, because aren't the Power Rangers, isn't it like it's a Japanese show and then they just film like um, American people in the non Power Rangers fighting segments? Correct. So like when they're all in the costumes with the helmets, it's not him, right? It's it's correct. Some Japanese actor. Okay. But but he, I mean, have you seen the Power Rangers movie? No. Absolutely You're missing not. out. You're missing out. I think I think Wait, it was which them Power the, Rangers movie. The fucking Power Rangers movie. There's like three of them, isn't there? The, they just the, did one like a couple years ago. No, the Power Rangers movie. Came out like oh, 1995, it's 96. It's I think called it's, the Power Rangers movie. I think so, yeah. <laughs> like the with, like the garbage pail kids movie. With like with Ivan Ooze and everything? No, I did not watch that. Oh my god. See, I was um, I was a little too old for Power Rangers. Like when that came out, I was like, "Nah, I'm too cool for this." Oh my! How old were you in '95? In '95, I was in eighth grade. That was perfect time. Oh, if you're going into high school. (laughs) In '95, I was 21 and off my tits on drugs. So you probably enjoyed Power Rangers as well. That would have been the perfect time for Power Rangers. What, being off my tits on drugs? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because you've got, you know, you've got Rita Repulsa. You've got uh, Lord Zed, who is the right. coolest looking villain ever, you know. And then you have the villain Ivan Ooze in the Power Rangers movie. And it's filled with, you know, self or like pop culture references for the time 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh it's it starts off with one of the best intros to a movie ever we where they are all skydiving in a 90s way and they're doing flips and shit in the air and then they they unleash their parachutes and they go on the ground and they start rollerblading throughout uh Angel Grove which is the city that they're in and then Bulk and Skull who are the comic relief characters of the power rangers they're also skydiving but they they land way out of out of the way you know so it's like a it's a humor type of thing before the action 
hits. And they it's a story about them finding themselves, about finding their true animals, because they meet some some hot woman who gives them animal charms. And one of them doesn't want to be a frog, but he's a frog. And then they it's a good movie. You should all watch it because that movie is fucking baller. When I was 21 years old, I was watching Pulp Fiction and, like, getting stoned and, like, just... In, in 95, I was seven years old. I Wait, Yeah, was I was 21. Yeah. I was off my tits on drugs. And for amusement, I was watching Doodle and the Blue Cat and the Magic Roundabout for all the drug references. Well, you should have watched... Zordon was dying! Where were you guys when Zordon was dying? Mm-hmm. Probably in a field tripping balls. <laughs> Mike, I could tell you exactly where I was. I was watching reruns of Batman the Animated Series. I was starring, doing the same thing. Starring Kevin Conroy, oh. the, the Batman who passed away, which is way more sad. I feel bad for the Power Rangers guy, but he wasn't Batman, so. I was drinking Batman. He was Tommy. I was drinking bottles of fucking Mad Dog 2020. Smoking joints left, right, and fucking center, getting completely so cool, so cool. And you didn't watch Batman (laughs) when I was off my tits, yeah. I did actually. Batman was Batman Return Return was awesome. No, not Batman. Get out of here, Shane. Screw you. Know what we're talking about. It's I'm talking the real Batman, Batman, the animated series, uh, the best Batman, absolutely, hands down. I used oh, to, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to run around with a sheet in my shirt, yep. and I would run around and I would sing out the theme song for Batman, the animated series. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then my, my brother <laughs> would make fun of me, and he'd be, he'd be like, Batman, and I'd get really mad at him. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the guy from Batman um, who did the animated voice of Batman died this week as well, that, didn't he? That's right, yes. And not just in that series, but in many series he played Batman. Uh, he and was video Batman. games, movies, everything. Okay. So. I don't think you're really taking this to heart like we are, Shane. No, I don't. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I've probably listened to Kevin Conroy more than I have Shane. I'm still in pain, motherfuckers. <laughs> you have, you have given us pain for the episode. That is true. Well, there you go. There's my contribution. I'm fucking off. <laughs> Actually, more to more to the news. More to the news thing. I think they did. I I read something, and I'm not sure if it's true. So this could be f- fake news because I didn't do news. I didn't do any research on it. I just saw a headline, but it said that uh, Dread Two is now back in development. Oh, Ooh. I'm not getting my hopes up. Let, let me. I'll, that'll come out when Dog Soldiers Two comes out. Uh, Do you okay. even want a dog soldiers to at this point? No, no, not Neil a Marshall. Involved. Yeah, <laughs> no, we don't. No, there really is no need for a dog soldiers to. It was just perfect the way it was. I mean, it oh. would have been great at the time, you know. Yeah, and Neil Marshall yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. When like he was after awesome. Descent. Oh my god! See, I didn't even write Descent. I liked it. Claustrophobic, creepy. No, that's one of the few movies that. I give a ten to. I just a ten. Just, the yep. Descent. Yep. Love it. Wow. Soundtrack. The fucking. 
the 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 uh, the cave dwellers are like in the movie before you even notice them. Yeah, the cinematography's gorgeous. Um, the women are gorgeous. That is true. There's a dog soldiers. There's a werewolf skull in one of the scenes. Oh my god! I may gotta go back and watch this again. Uh, then they made the descent too, hmm. where they go back. The that, redescent. Yeah, the yeah. she goes back in there because that makes sense. Yeah, see, because that happens in the UK in the UK version. Where it, is it in the UK version or the US version? Because it's been years since I've watched it. Because there was two endings. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, since they made the descent two, I think the actual ending is her making out of it. You know. Yeah, because I think in the British, the British one where she doesn't get out. I well, hate I mean, that the- ending. I hate it so much. Oh, where she it's a dream and she's yeah. like hallucinating. Yeah, like she's hallucinating a birthday cake in front of her, but it's just like her light going out. I fucking hate that ending. I hate shitty endings like that. But, um, it was all a dream. Yeah, it's yeah. stupid. But uh what was it? What else is that? Oh yeah, Evil Dead Rise comes out in April. Dude, fuck that shit. <laughs> Uh, I'll wait till I see it. If it if it was as good as the Evil Dead remake, I'll be happy. I I do not like that remake. I don't understand why people like that movie. It's gory and fun. I actually found out the other day. I was kind of fucking shocked. Um, But remember when um, Miguel um, Killer Cabano from Instagram sent me that copy of Evil Dead: The Score. The double brown green vinyl a few years ago. I found out that's actually worth a stupid amount of fucking money. Because I saw copies of it going on sale the other day for about four hundred pounds. Waxworks is putting out uh, Evil Dead Two One, I believe. Mm-hmm. I sell it and get your balls fixed. <laughs> You're funny. I um, saw the uh, the the picture for the new Evil Dead. And I don't know if Sam Raimi's attached to it. The movie's gonna suck balls. I'm sorry. He has Listen, not made anything. He's what? not directing it. He, he's he's attached to it in the same way he was attached to the remake. He's like, yeah, I'll sign this check or whatever he does. It's a bit know. like John Carpenter with the Halloween films. Exactly. But I also didn't like uh, the Evil Dead TV show either. Oh, I liked that. It was okay. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. That was I, 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 Val and me hated the humor in it. Like it was the reason why I, I like army of darkness the least is because of the the writing i think it's like too smarmy and too uh <laughs> it's it's the smarmiest movie it is that has and, ever smarmy and i <laughs> i just i don't like that kind of humor it doesn't work with me and like the the tv show was like that too and i'm just like eh. no i really enjoyed the tv show i just thought ashy slashy was fucking hilarious <laughs> the puppet the puppet version of ash I thought yeah, that, that was great. really funny. Yeah, there's a, there's a crying baby outside my flat. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did you make this baby cry, Shane? I didn't. My door is closed, and it's I'm on the third floor. You see, so it's. I did you think we we heard the crying baby? <laughs> I don't know. Did you? No. No. Well, that's all right then. I just thought I'd point out I'd observe. You know, give you observation. You know, <laughs> I can just see you like looking out your window. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's a child crying. Never mind. On in you your go. dark, in your dark room. <laughs> Actually, I do have the light on, but yeah, it is dark. I need to get a. I need looking to get at a light, looking a at lamp. children. <laughs> I need to get a lamp because I love lamp. So I need to get a lamp. There's a baby outside. <laughs> it's, cr- it's crying. Ryan, that sounded really fucking creepy and almost uh, sexual predator-esque. Really, Shane? Yes, it did. All right. How's the baby look? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even see it. <laughs> All right, let's get off this topic and back to fucking doing whatever we agreed we were going to talk about. Yeah, what were we supposed um, to be talking about? All right, so... Well, we had, we got three things on the table here, fellas. Oh. We got the the film Barbarian. We've got the Cabinet of Curiosities, and Shane, I believe you watched Wednesday or some of Wednesday. I watched all of Wednesday. Um, I've also watched the Cabinet of Curiosities. I've only watched half of it. Of the Cabinet? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, did you watch Barbarian? I did. I did. All right. Let's get. Let's get Barbarian out of the way. Or wait, or... Yeah, let's get Barbarian out of the way. Because I watched two of the things, Shane watched two of the things, and Mike watched one and a half of the things. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch um, All is Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. I don't, I don't know that that was on this podcast. Also, isn't it like 50 years old? Okay, number one, it was made in the 30s originally. Okay. Number two, really? yeah. Actually, there's a scene in there where uh, a German kills a British guy, I believe. And the British guy doesn't talk or anything because he's dying. And the, the German guy is apologizing to him. He's like, I, I shouldn't have killed you. You jumped in here. He's like, what else am I supposed to do? And he goes through this big, like, big thing, which is awesome. And the reason why he's doing that and the reason why the, the British guy is not speaking is because the british actor was actually a silent film actor and this was during the time where silent movies were you know going away um and he had a really fucked up voice (laughs) who knows but uh (laughs) the remake is really good if you like 1917 and all that it's this is a really good movie i was really surprised uh and then i saw uh, pepsi where's my jet so instead of watching, oh, I almost, I almost watched Pepsi. Where's my jet? I saw it was the okay. For it. it was okay. Um, but instead of watching Cabinet of Curiosities, I watched those two things. Who directed this uh, Western Front remake? Oh, oh. All right. Well, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> so right, let's would... <laughs> let's go to bar- let's go to Barbarian. <laughs> I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> um, Excellent. That yeah, Mike, since you since um you didn't watch most of the others, or I mean, not most, you know what I mean. Why don't you tell us about Barbarian? Okay. Um. Well, it's written and directed by Zach uh, Kreger, and if you guys are unaware of who Zach Kreger is, he was one of the guys from Whitey's Kids. You know, one of the funniest sketch comedy shows ever. Um. For a while there, they were doing, and they still are, but uh, they were doing a, um, like, kind of like a podcast where they would have their YouTube channel and they were, they're trying to fund, they were trying to fund a movie called Mars and it was going to be like the first 
movie for the whitest kids you know basically it was an it's an animated movie um unfortunately trevor moore passed away which really fucking sucks so i haven't kept up with the youtube channel for a while now but there was a time where zach had to go to a different country because he was filming a movie and he he wouldn't go into detail what it was but i think it was this movie he also produced a documentary on bigfoot but we'll get into that another day um but yeah, he uh, he stepped away, and it was, it was he. All he said it was a horror movie, and there were some people attached to it. And this has got a pretty solid cast. Uh, it's it's got uh, Georgina Campbell, who I'm not really too familiar with, but it also has Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, Richard Brake. It's it's a, a fun cast movie. Um, so I, I I purposely didn't want to. Uh, read into it i heard people saying how great it was and i didn't run, really want to get into the hype uh so i bugged val one day i'm like hey let's just watch it because it's on hbo max it hit the theaters for only one day when it originally released and I, I missed out on it so val and i sat down i think last week and watched it and i i really enjoyed it um it's really a, a simple premise a woman goes to stay at an airbnb um, at the beginning of the movie, and she notices that there's no key in the lockbox. There's fucking rain coming down. She can't get a hold of the person who owns uh, the home or anything, and she's standing outside. And she's knocking and knocking and knocking, and no one's answering the door, but she notices that there's a light on. And uh, Bill Skarsgård answers the door, and he's acting all weird, and she's kind of weary of him, and it it goes where it's a very awesome intro scene. And I want to say it's an intro because <laughs> it's like 30 minutes basically <laughs> of, you don't know who to trust. You don't know, you know, who's telling the truth and what's going on, but she finds it weird that somebody's already in the house renting it out when it's under her name. And she shows him, she's like, this is, I'm supposed to be renting this. And he goes, well, I'm supposed to be renting this. What the fuck was that? That was my chair. Oh, okay. I thought you fired it. Not quite. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, it, it evolves to where um, she, Georgina Campbell, is like walking around the house and everything, and she stumbles upon a uh, like a hidden door, and then she kind of goes to investigate and what's in that hidden door. And for me not to spoil anything, it uh, it doesn't end well for anybody. But yeah, Justin Long's in it. It's it's and if you know anything about like Justin Long movies, if he's in a movie, it's usually. I was about to up. say he, 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 it never ends well for him. <laughs> Something awful is definitely going to happen if Justin Long shows up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I did you guys watch it? So I. I've I've not watched watched it. It. Go ahead, Shane. No, I've not watched it. I have seen the trailer, and I am interested in seeing it. Yeah, so, I watched it. My my buddy told me. Um, he's like, "Oh, I uh, I watched that this weekend. It was good. Do you know anything about it?" And I'm like, "Literally, no." And he's, "I don't, I don't know anything about it." And he goes, "Don't look up anything. Don't watch anything. Just watch the movie. Going in a hundred percent blind." So the only thing I knew was the title of the movie. Like, I didn't know Bill Skarsgård was in it. 
I didn't know Justin Long was in it. I definitely didn't know Richard Brake was in it. Um, so as I'm watching this and these like people are showing up, I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking Pennywise. Why is he yep. in this movie? And then like when they when they introduce Justin Long, uh, not this isn't really like a spoiler, but like you said, Mike, like that first intro section of the movie, uh, it sort of goes through the parts with Georgina Campbell and Bill Skarsgård, and then it cuts away abruptly to Justin Long. And yeah. it's almost like the movie starts over again. Yeah, I was and gonna it's, say it's like it's kind of like uh, the first thirty or forty minutes or whatever it is. It's is its own movie, and then yeah, it's you, you know what I mean. Thinking after after watching the Cabinet of Curiosities, that could be an episode of Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, absolutely! Just that one section. Yeah, and you mentioned Richard Brake, and his scenes in the movie are awesome. He plays oh such a bastard, and uh, he's just he's just so good in the majority of things he's in, and I'm so glad he was in this. But yeah, yeah. I was I was really surprised how well this movie turned out. Um, I never really pictured Zach as like a director type of thing. I don't know if he directed. Um, oh, I forget the that movie that him and Trevor did. It was like just just them trying to get laid, and I don't know if he directed that or not, but it mm. it wasn't uh, rated the best. But uh, yeah, I I you know I, I really like this movie. I'd probably give it like an eight out of ten. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It has amazing practical effects. There's not a lot of them, but when they are on screen, it's really fucking oh, good. Jesus, yeah, some of them are awesome. And then it's it's uh, gross in times. Like there's a there's a scene oh. at the end. With oh. a bottle, and oh, <laughs> it's disgusting. It's oh. so gross. Is it? Is it as bad? And this is what I was thinking of when I was watching it. As um, don't breathe with the oh. turkey baster. Oh, oh I, I, turkey baster. Um, yeah, it's I think it's. I think it's worse than that. It's the same feeling as the yeah. turkey baster when you Ooh. see it. You're like, no. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> It's gross, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a cool premise. Like it, it Justin Long is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh my god! Like I don't know. I, part of me wonders how much is this actually Justin Long? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's too good in this role. He plays a dickhead actor, and you're like, all right, is he just playing himself? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm I sure think he, I don't think he Justin can't be this Long. Bad of a guy. I don't think Justin Long could ever match his performance in Zack and Mary Make Borno. <laughs> fucking movies? Fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would totally recommend this movie to anybody. Do not look up anything on it. And, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it either. I mean, it's... So I don't know that it's a movie where... Like, once I figured out what was going on, I was like, oh, okay, I get where this is going. And, like, you don't know what's going to happen, but you sort of, you understand where the plot is leading once you, you go through some stuff and they show some background of what's happening uh, in this house. Um, so it wasn't, like, a huge, there wasn't, like, a big surprise or anything that I was like, oh, my God. It was more as the story unfolded, and I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is weird and fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, it was good. Good performances. Um, it was shot very well. Yeah. And I really liked, they do a flashback at one point and 
it literally it's it looks like an old movie when they flash back it looks like something from like the early 80s like there's like film grain and i you know i don't know if they actually filmed it excuse me on film but it like it feels like you're watching an older movie when it it does the flashback sequence yeah so i thought all that was good i liked it i recommend it um if you have hbo plus absolutely watch it I think that just like I think I liked it so much because the beginning part was so up in the air. I really didn't know how any of that was going to end up. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't know who's good or who's bad. Yeah. So that was good. All right, excellent. So we got that one taken care of. Uh, <laughs> you guys want to tackle the cabinet of curiosities? Sure. Let's do it. So I finished watching the last episode this morning uh, before we started. Shane, you said you've watched all these, right? Yeah, I've watched all of them. I thought um, out of the eight episodes, I thought the last two were the least interesting, if you see what I mean. Oh, I'm going to disagree with you on one of those. no, No, it wasn't that they weren't good. They were all good. They just didn't have the same kind of pace. As you, a, okay, uh, absolutely, completely different pacing from the rest, yes. Yeah, um, but, you know, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed all of the episodes. Guillermo del Toro's introductions to each episode I thought were quite good, even though I was kind of having difficulty understanding his uh, yeah, at, Spanish dialect. At a certain point, I was like, should I put subtitles on for all of Toro's <laughs> intros? <laughs> but, you know, I... I I just thought it was really, really fucking well done. The first episode with the lot, what was that? Yeah. Lot, lot 19, is it? I think 36. 36. I was close enough. Um, <laughs> no, I actually thought that was a really fucking good episode. I really enjoyed that one. And I loved, I loved the whole concept behind it with the guy being a total fucking dick and obviously being a, a businessman and just trying to make money and then like buying somebody's belongings and then basically saying no i've thrown them all away but you can go and try and get salvage what is left but i thought that was a bit a bit of a dick move but i really really enjoyed um i think it was the follow-up episode with the rats well let's go let's go episode by yeah. episode i mean not that we got to spend too much time on them no. i will say on that first one the only negative I had was that it was, like, I'm going to say too predictable in terms of the outcome. Yeah. Like, as soon as you saw this guy, this guy's being a racist, I'm like, oh, all right, he's going to get fucked over because of his racism. Yeah. Like, that's going to be his undoing in the end because he's a racist piece of shit. Um, and I was, it was, like, a little too predictable. Um, Del Toro wrote this short story, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um the only thing I was disappointed in on this one, this one was directed by Guillermo Navarro, who is Del Toro's cinematographer. And as soon as I saw he was the one directing this, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the most visually amazing episode. And it wasn't. Yeah. Not that it was bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. I was expecting like some fucking Pan's Labyrinth shit, you know, like some awesome cinematography. And it was Honestly, kind of lackluster, which was shocking to me. The CGI was awful. Yeah, that wasn't good. But, I mean, it's a TV show, so I understand they're not going to yeah. have a big budget. But at the same time, then don't do that. You know? Yeah. Don't do <laughs> do something else. I mean, the, um, the story to build up 
to that ending was I was super interested in it. Tim Blake Nelson's a great actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was being a racist fuck the whole time. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and the, 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 you know, the, the storage unit itself, it's so, it's so much filled with like interesting things. And then they discover what they discover. And like, I was so gung ho for, it. and then the outcome was like this CGI fucking thing. And I, I just, it didn't like you guys were talking about how it didn't like uh, the later episodes didn't fit well with the other episodes or whatever. But like, I felt like the climax to this episode didn't match at all for the previous, the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was such a letdown for me. Now I almost want to go back and watch this one again. I, I, I mean, I don't know. It would be fucking awesome if it happened, but if this guy's storage locker had a bunch of shit from the other episodes in that storage locker, yeah, that would be awesome. I don't yeah. know if it's there. I haven't looked at it, but like now I'm thinking back about it, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they had like all the little trinkets that Del Toro was picking out. Like, is that shit stacked up somewhere in the back of the storage locker? That would be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. That's just a thought in my head of what I what I would have done had I was making this thing. Um, yeah, I I didn't love this one. I thought it was okay. I gave it like a six out of ten. Um, and I thought. This would be a really, really good episode of the Creep Show series. Mm, yeah, because I feel like that show, th- their stories aren't nearly as good, and this would be like a really good episode of that show. Uh, but I thought this one was more lackluster than the other ones. Um, not that it's the worst, but it just eh, it was kind of meh. I was like, oh, okay, I liked it, but uh, I'm not singing any huge praise on this one. Um, yeah, I also gave it a six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I'd probably give it the I would give it a seven-ish, definitely a seven on that one. It, it was, was fun. Yeah, I like the, the, I like the idea. Like Mike said, the monster. I would have liked it to be a little more crazy. Uh, I don't know, yeah. more not crazy, just better. Like not just. Uh, I just didn't think the monster matched up to what they were talking about. Yeah, like in the in the rest of the episode, it was just like a disappointing. It was like just a monster. You know what I mean? I felt like. You know, anybody could have came up with that thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what about Graveyard Rats, Mike? Why don't you tell us about this one? Oh, uh, I didn't know we were, like, doing that, that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I liked Graveyard Rats. I liked it a lot better than Lot 36. Uh, it's just about, like, a, a oh. grave. Sorry, I was moving. I was sitting up. <laughs> Your chair makes the weirdest noises, or I feel I like you're speaking. I need to buy a new chair. That's what I need to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, Graveyard Rats is just about basically a like a grave robber, and he he owns his own like funeral home type thing. Like the, he owns the cemetery, and yeah, he, he owns the cemetery. Yeah, yeah, and he like kind of steals shit from people's dead bodies, and he sells it back because he has some debt. But uh, he's it's established early on, almost comically earlier on in the episode, where rats keep stealing the bodies, and he kind of just says it so like nonchalant. He's like, "Yeah, well, I got rats. They're stealing the bodies," and <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and it's. Uh, it's really kind of like a simple episode. He just finds like this this really wealthy person. And he's like, I'm gonna steal something that he has, and 
you know, well, the rats. He has like a ton of gold teeth or something. Yeah, the, the you know the rats take him away, and he goes to chase chase the rats. And it's it's really a fun episode. I like this one a lot. And the fucking the one rat in there, it was awesome looking. <laughs> it was perfect. It was so cool. It reminded me of like an eighties horror movie. I was gonna say um, Night Shift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just it was done super well. And I this was a total one eighty from the first episode. Yeah, this was, I think, the most fun. Like, watching this one, I was having a blast watching this. And it has, like, there's a bunch of elements that work in it. It has, like, that claustrophobic element. It has, like, you're being covered by a thousand rats creepiness. It has a giant monster. It's, like, I, I don't know that we have to worry about spoilers. It's a fucking short story. Um, but like, there's, it, it gets crazy too. And you're like, wait, now we're doing this. Oh, it's like <laughs> this now. And like, it just keeps piling on top of each other. And like, this was an absolute blast. I love this one. That, um, that lead rat is, looks badass. Oh yeah. It's, they put so much like effort into something that is not on screen for a while. It's mostly dark and it looks amazing. Yeah. Definitely a lot of fun. I loved the main character. Um, I thought it was like his intro when he catches people robbing a grave and he like scares them off. Like, oh, get out of here. And he's like, oh, you're not going to arrest us. <laughs> and, like he just lets him go. But then he opens up the body's mouth and pulls a gold tooth out <laughs> for himself. <laughs> ah, it was funny. Yeah, I, li- I like this one. I also liked that it was like. I don't know when it's supposed to take place, the late 1800s or something. Like, yeah, who it's, knows? yeah, it's 18, 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was fun. I, I love this one. I was like at an eight on this one. I th- I forget what I gave it. I think it was a seven or eight, though. Yeah, I gave it an eight. I just thought it was really clever. I just thought it was really funny as well. Yeah, and this one was a short story written by Henry Kuttner, and I think it was written like a long time ago, like the 1930s. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And I, I've never seen this story before. Like, I, you know, I, some of these stories have been done in like other anthology shows or movies or whatever. And this is one that I was not familiar with. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of want to go back and actually read this story and see what it's like. If it actually gets this crazy or if it's as funny as this was. So, all right, let me do episode three, the autopsy. Uh, this one's directed by David Pryor. Uh, who he he mostly does a lot of behind the scenes stuff for movies like documentaries and uh, behind the scenes work for a lot of stuff. Um, he also directed The Empty Man, and this is a short story by Michael Shea. Um, it stars F. Murray Abraham, who is fucking amazing in this, and basically it's sort of like a mystery that a a, a small town sheriff is trying to solve, like. There was a, a, an explosion at a mining company, and, like, all these miners got killed. But the mining company won't pay the, the won't pay all the families of the miners. If it turns out it was, like, essentially a terrorist activity. So if it was an explosion, they wouldn't pay. But if it was something else, they'd get paid. So he brings in uh, F. Murray Abraham to do, like, an autopsy and basically is like, listen help us out here, you know, find some way that these people can get paid by the mining company. 
So uh, he, he starts investigating. They do a little short backstory of kind of what led to this explosion going off and, and sort of what it was. And you get from the early part that it's got to be some type of weird alien situation or something. And, like, as he's going through the autopsies, the, like, special effects are fucking brutal. Like, if you've watched autopsy movies, like the Autopsy of Jane Doe or any of, the, any of those other stuff, this one is up there with, like, some gross-ass shit when he's, like, cutting through the ribs to, like, remove yeah. the, the fucking rib cage. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ, and pulling out organs and all this stuff, slicing open the heart. I mean, it looks it looks real. Um and uh so when like as he gets further into his autopsies he realizes that some of the bodies are drained of all their blood and fluids and he's like what the fuck is going on so he gets to the one main body that like may have been the source of all of this and it turns out that the body's being piloted by an alien and it's like they've been on earth for thousands of years and taken over places and it was his spaceship that he was gonna blow up and like all this other stuff and it's it becomes like a battle of wits between F. Murray Abraham and this alien who's gonna take over F. Murray Abraham's body because he's got like some type of psychic control and stuff. I don't know. It's it's really cool, and there's some awesome like self mutilation and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, it was it was gross, but also like super entertaining. Like I was really into the story and like sort of the battle of the wits that these, you know, the alien F Murray Abraham are going through. I don't quite, um, um, I'm just want to point out, Ryan, I don't think it's, I don't think the alien had been here for thousands of years. I think it was, oh, I meant their species. Oh, right. Their species. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was like, there was a comet, wasn't there? Mm. Um, at the start of the yeah, episode. I meant, I meant they've been like coming here for thousands yeah. of years. But yeah, there's like the the comet, and they're basically this in the mining town, isn't it? Where where it happens? Because it's kind of like um, you get the scene at the beginning, and then it kind of flashes back um, when he's talking about it and what happened, and the the cop investigating all the bodies and you know the deaths and stuff like that. And it, I just thought um, I thought it was really cool. Really fucking well done. It actually, I think this is probably my favorite episode of the series. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see that. I think F. Murray Abraham's, without a doubt, the best performance in the series. He was yeah. so fucking good at this. Uh, I rated it just about the same as that Rats one. I gave it like an 8. But yeah, yeah, I gave it was, this time 8. The, the real problem I have with this whole show is those two episodes back-to-back got me set up for so much yeah. greatness. I was like, oh my god, I love these. And not that it disappointed afterwards, but anything after those two back to back would be a letdown. Yeah. So they should they should have spread this out and put this one later in the show. <laughs> yeah, they they could have had this as the last episode. I thought you know it could have been the last episode because that would have uh, that would have set it up nicely for like the next season. Yeah, that was excellent. What do you think, Mike? I think this was probably my favorite episode of the ones that I watched. Uh, the body horror aspect was awesome mm. it was it was great um the scene where the aliens talking to f murray abraham yeah. while dissecting himself oh my god was awesome it was it was something i've never seen before uh, they you know obviously use practical effects it was fucking awesome and the like the ending to the to the episode with the recording was super cool um, the only thing I didn't like was the a little of the writing was a little bit on the 
iffy side. He's like, yes, but you forgot this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> like, they kind of over-explained it a little bit, in my opinion, but yeah. it's whatever. But I, I thought this was awesome. I gave it an 8 myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, where are we back? We're back to... <clears throat> Shane on this one, right? Okay, yeah. Um, episode four, the outside. Yep. This I found this one to be a bit weird. I did find it a bit weird. It was a bit strange. It was very almost um, David Lynch esque in a sense. Um, it's basically about a woman who works in a bank called Stacy, and she's like. She's the down on her luck. She's married, lives in a house with her husband, who's the sheriff of the town. Um, and she works with all these women who are like all beautiful and popular. And she's kind of like the ugly duckling, so to speak. And she gets invited to the house of this really popular woman in the in the bank for a Christmas party. And she gives all these women these gifts and there's all these bottles of lotion. Um and it's a popular lotion that causes an alarming reaction in her skin and makes her skin all puffy and red and it looks like she's um it's not doing her very good. But then she starts seeing things on the TV where it tells her to buy this lotion and starts seeing these adverts and you know, kind of like it's definitely one of those episodes where it comes across as this is mass marketing, this is like I'm kind of like one of those one of those conglomerate um marketing campaigns where it urges people to buy stuff to make them better kind of like walmart <laughs> you know it was like buy this because we have it for x amount of money and all the rest of it so she orders a box of this stuff and she puts it in a basement and her husband being the sheriff kind of says you shouldn't really be doing this you know it's like you're perfect the way you are etc etc and she kind of lets it takes over her mind and all the rest of it she becomes obsessed with it and basically what happens with her is that she's seeing all all these women at where where she works they're looking absolutely beautiful they look stunning and her husband is basically trying to stop her from using this product because he says she's perfect the way she is um but then it all goes a bit awry and basically this box starts unloading all this gloop um in her basement and she's like you know she's like what the hell is going on um because she starts using obviously she keeps using this lotion because it basically tells her the guy on the advert keeps telling her that she needs to keep using it to make herself look more beautiful um which she does to quite an unnerving effect really um I don't know if we want to go into spoilers of this episode, but basically she ends up uh, offing her husband and this gloop becomes humanoid. It becomes sentient and it essentially transforms her into someone beautiful, but also on the same token, it also makes her insane. And, uh, it's, I thought it was quite clever and quite cunning in how they did that, but it definitely had some David Lynch qualities about it because it seemed like it was one of those, it could have been set in Twin Peaks kind of feelings to it. 
um, where all these women are looking amazing and beautiful and, you know, then she becomes transformed and she goes into the bank and she looks completely different to what, how she did the day before. And everyone is falling over her and saying how beautiful and how amazing she is. And you can see in her mind that she's starting to crack. And she realises, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, it was uh, it's quite an interesting episode, but um, not the best of the episodes. I thought this was a bit of a letdown after the autopsy, but it was very, it was very interesting. I wasn't as big of a fan on this one. Um, this It was directed by Anna Lily Amapur. Right. Amirpour, uh, who is the girl who directed The Girl That Walks Home at Night. See, I um, love that film. Yes, and I, I like that much better. Um, this one, to me, it honestly seemed like a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. Like, kind of like the long. episode with uh, Jane Horrocks and Ewan McGregor. I don't know that one. I mean, is there one like that? Yeah, it was Jane Horrocks and Ewan McGregor. They play the they play undead, and it all goes a bit tits up for them. It's quite. Uh, yeah, this one I I get that it was supposed to be more comedic, but I didn't find it really that funny. Um, it, it was weird, but I don't know. It, to me, it was a letdown big time after the you know the the first uh, three episodes were so positive I, I didn't really like this one and i think it's the weakest of the entire series where you I, say it's where you say it's weird that's where i said it had a very david lynch aspect to it i i can see that yeah, yeah. i i get that but not lynch enough like if you're yeah. gonna go weird then get real fucking weird with it like start doing weird camera shots start doing like things where you don't know if it's actually happening or if it's just in the character's head um, yeah yeah, I don't know. Did you watch this one, Mike? I did, um, and I thought it was a little too long. Uh, it yeah. felt really long. Yeah, actually, just, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It just like I felt like not enough stuff was happening, and like you could have called it, you know, uh, like halfway through the episode, it's like, oh, this is this is where it's going. And then it just takes forever to get there. And I really like uh, Kate Micucci, who plays the lead on it. Um, she's hysterical in a lot of the shit she's in, uh, Garfunkel and Oates and stuff. But you know and, I've never seen her in anything before. Yeah, she's Garfunkel and Oates. She's you know she's and she's got some like acting chops, but this is like she was just like too pathetic, and I don't know the whole like loop stuff. I get that it was like changing her mind, but it just. Then I saw like the humanoid thing where it's just like standing in front of her and she's like doing anything to become beautiful. And the entire time her husband's like, hey, you should not be doing that, was, which is, um, forget his name, something star. Um, Martin star, yeah. Who yeah. he's awesome and everything he's in too. But it's just, I don't know, something missed out for me on this. I, I gave it a six, but. It's oh, kind of I was, like a, I was at like a four. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like this one. There was there was some stuff in there I did like. I like some of the camera angles. It was like it was shot pretty well. Um, it was a lot of close ups and a lot of like trying to put you in the scene of how weird she is and is coming across. But uh, yeah, I just didn't think it was that good. But I, th I thought it was all right. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to five, Pikmin's Model. Uh, this one's directed by Keith Thomas, who directed The Vigil and the recent Firestarter remake or series. I don't know which it was. I didn't watch it. Um, and stars Ben Ben Barnes and Crispin Glover, which when he came on the screen, I was like, oh, my God, it's Crispin Glover. He's back. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I haven't seen him in forever. Um, so this is a Lovecraft story, um, and it's about Will, an art student, and in his art class is this guy Pikmin, and he draws, like, really disturbing images, and, like, Will looks at him and half becomes obsessed with him, so he goes to hang out with Pikmin to see where he gets his, like, inspiration or whatever, and he go he's going through his drawings, and he's, like, horrified by the images, and they just, like, for whatever reason, they, like, implant in his head, and he can't, like, get them out, and he starts, like, hallucinating and stuff, and it, like, nearly ruins his life, but he manages to, like, get out of there and, like, get married, have kids, and it sort of jumps in the future, like, I don't know, seven or eight years, and now Will is, like, in this big art society thing, and one of his fellow buddies uh, in the art society wants to have uh, a showing of Pikmin's paintings, and he's like, no, 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 you can't have this guy do this. Like, uh, we can't, you know, it's all fucked up. And they're like, oh, don't be a dick. Just let him do it. And uh, Pikmin finally gets a hold of him and is like, listen, you have to look at my paintings. I only trust you because you're the only one that, like, gets them. And he's like, I don't want to, you know, because he knows it'll, like, fuck with his head if he sees these things. And he says, if you look at these paintings, I won't do the art exhibit. I won't. I'll leave you alone for the rest of your life. You'll never see me again. And he's like, okay, fine. So he goes and obviously sees all the paintings and he gets even more fucked up and like loses his mind and gets into a big fight with Pikmin and then finds out what the source of his paintings were. And they weren't like just his imagination. It turns out like he had actual access to like these horrifying images and monsters and stuff. And so he like loses his mind and the whole time he's being tortured mentally by these images of this like i guess it's like a, a witch uh dinner where they're like eating human flesh and there's all kinds of weird shit all over the table and he keeps like they're chasing him down and maybe he's gonna be the meal and like loses his mind and he goes back home to his wife who he finds out is now obsessed with pikmin's paintings and like loses his mind at the end and it has maybe one of the most brutal fucked up endings of like fucking any like short story or movie it was like oh shit <laughs> this is fucked um uh and on this one i liked the setting i liked you know since it was lovecraft it was like you know the early 1920s or whenever this is supposed to take place and crispin glover does this really fucking weird new england accent for pikmin like i don't even know what it's supposed to be or where it is some strange bostonian accent it's awesome um crispin glover's awesome uh i was a little disappointed in the cgi monster i was hoping it would be practical and it wasn't so that was kind of upsetting but uh the story itself and the gruesome shit that they have especially towards the end are just fucking excellent and i i really enjoyed this one because i like the story itself yeah i enjoyed this one as well i thought it was really cool and i loved all the twisted shit with the paintings and his little kid being obsessed with the paintings as well and right. like you know all, all the visuals and stuff i thought were really clever um I, yeah i really i agree with you i really like this one and it was really cool to see crisp and glover 
and he looked creepy as fuck as well. He he looked good. I mean, how yeah. old is he? He's got to be like in his sixties at least. He must be. Poor Mike. But... IMDb and see him see how old he is. <laughs> okay. Did I you was... make th- make it to Pikmin's bottle? I made it through halfway. Um, oh, okay. It's not just because I didn't like it or anything. I was just watching it while I was falling asleep. Um, but I, I liked what I saw so far. And Crispin Glover was born in 1964. So he's 58. Wow, he's younger than I thought. Well, he still looks good. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looked great in this. <laughs> um, but I, I liked what I saw so far. I liked, uh, like you said, the setting and everything. And I liked the way it looked. I liked that the one monster. I'm a little disappointed that it turns into a CGI monster. Um, no, I was like, oh, they're gonna do it. Like I was hoping because the rat was so fucking awesome in Graveyard Rats. I'm like, they're gonna do, like, you know, it's gonna be like a practical monster crawling up, and it wasn't. I was like, oh god damn it, you motherfuckers. But yeah, it was good. I uh, this one I really enjoyed it, and I love Lovecraft stuff. So yeah, you know, seeing that in there is always great. So Shane, you want to tell us about Dreams of Witch House? <laughs> it's a mile away. It's <laughs> outside with that baby right now. Oh Sorry, God. I was Someone... I was just making a cup of tea. I'm just... Someone get the baby. I'm making a cup of tea. So no yeah, dreams... dreams in the witch house was an interesting one because obviously it's um, Rupert Grint who played Ronald Weasley from Harry Potter. Um, yeah, that was that was distracting. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was really bizarre. I mean, seeing him, it was good to see him doing something different. But um, obviously, he's trying to bust his chops into doing genre work, but not like um, Daniel Radcliffe, who, let's face it, he's he's coming on leaps and bounds in his acting work as well. We'll all say oh, that. But um, yeah, Ronald Weasley. I mean. Um, that's all, that's all I wrote here, Shane, was Ron Weasley. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's... Um, obviously, this is another period piece set in the 1800s or something like that. But basically, it's a few years after his twin sister's death. And um, he's a researcher into the dark arts and um, dark and mysterious worlds of like witchcraft and wizardry. Oh, that's not too much of a stretch, is it, from his previous outings um but basically he he's one of these people who is researching like life after death and stuff like that um but he also discovers he's trying to contact his his dead sister who's been dead for a number of years and basically he finds a drug that um can actually help him see his sister and actually converse with her and talk to her and it takes him into this other supernatural realm where she is and he finds her and she recognizes him for who he is and all that kind of stuff um but it's uh he's he's determined to bring her back into the real world and um what he ends up doing is essentially bringing pieces back so he's determined to try and bring his sister back into the real world so he can spend like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, kind of. Um, but there's also a creature that is haunting this um, 
other realm where basically it stops anybody who's trying to be brought back. Basically, essentially a guardian of the dead, I would say. Um, and because he succeeds in bringing her back into the real world, um, he brings her back as a, as, or he tries to bring her back, but brings back her spirit instead because her body is dead. So um, it brings her back and there's a witch where he's, he's staying in this home in the kind of like this hotel kind of deal. We're staying in a room and there's like some mysterious black shit all over the walls, which he doesn't really pay too much attention to to begin with. But then it realizes it's that definitely, it's definitely black mold. He shouldn't be, he shouldn't yeah. be sleeping there. No, definitely not. <laughs> and uh, basically, there's another witch there who basically she's onto him and she real she tells him he shouldn't do it, he mustn't do it, and all the rest of it. And she essentially becomes involved in his plot to try and bring his sister back. But in doing so, they have to stop this witch um, who is basically in control of everything. And, uh, you know, it, it ends... This is also quite comedic in a sense as well, because there are some funny aspects to this story, um, which I found quite funny. But it's just, it's also kind of gross as well, because, I mean, that fucking black mould, man, that was just, like, grim all over the fucking walls, and it's like, you know something's not right there. Um, and it's like fucking dead animals and shit, you know? He's like, that's a bit fucking much. But it's like with him taking this drug, it basically brings him further and further into this other realm and where he's able to talk with his sister and he notices that there are other people there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's not a bad episode. Yeah, it was a little different than the actual short story um, uh, from what I remember. I, the story itself, I don't remember a lot to do with uh, the guy and his sister. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe there's a line in there about it, but it's mostly about a guy staying in his house and being, um, you know, bothered by uh, the, the ongoings of the house, which include a rat with a human head. Which yeah, that was fucked up. Is goofy and weird and is prominently featured in this. Uh, although I will say it looks a hundred times better from what I remember than the Masters of Horror episode that did the same story, ah. in which that that CGI abomination did not look good. Um, so, but this one it, it was interesting, some decent performances, but I thought it was a little bit too much into the backstory and not enough taking place in the house itself. Um, but it was it was still entertaining, and uh, I sort of liked the way that it turned out. The only thing I didn't like was when it strayed too far from, like, the Lovecraft story. And, like, it's taking place in, like you said, the 1890s or, you know, turn of the century or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, like, they go to, like, a church, and there's a nun at the church who's, like, yelling at the witch, get the fuck out of my church. Yeah. And you're like, uh, I don't know that anyone in the 1800s would be saying that. <laughs> like, yeah. it sort of loses its uh, credibility a little bit. But, um, overall, I liked it. Um, the effects were okay. The witch design was awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Like, that looked really cool. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was a good Lovecraft story. Probably, I, I didn't like it as much as the Pikmin's model one, but right. it, it was still entertaining. Yeah, I think the Pikmin's model episode was definitely a lot darker 
It is definitely borderline nightmarish compared yeah, yeah. to this one. I mean, Dreams in the Witch House is a good story, but... I I thought visually this one, Dreams of the Witch House, is maybe one of the best visually. It looked excellent. Yeah. When they're in when they're in the netherworld and the house itself is disgusting, like all this, it all adds to it. It all looks really good. I thought, and, and it was uh, directed by Catherine Hardwick, Hardwicky, Hardwick. Yeah, I don't know how I say it. She's the girl that directed Twilight. Yeah. So, <laughs> out of all the movies I've seen from her, and this is the only thing I've seen from her. So, but I enjoyed it. Um. So the next one is The Viewing, and this was one I was probably most excited for, directed by Panos Cosmatos, uh, the director of uh, Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Uh, it was written by Panos and Guillermo del Toro and Aaron stewart Ahn. Um It stars it, a great cast in this one. It's Peter Weller, Stephen Agee, uh, Sophia Butella. Fucking Eric Andre. <laughs> like, I can't believe Eric Andre is in a fucking short or, or like a story directed by Panos Cosmatos. It's so crazy. Um, and this one, um, I mean, obviously, I love Panos Cosmatos, so I was like going in pretty biased, uh, but I really love this one. Um, it is filmed. I don't know that this was made on film, but it fucking looks like it. It looks like it was on film. The lighting is crazy in this one. Um, basically, Peter Weller plays an old, like, billionaire. And I think this takes place in the 1980s at some point. And he invites a group of experts across all these different fields. Uh, one is a writer, one is a musician, one is a scientist, one is a psychic. Another is a doctor, and he gathers all these people to get them drunk and high as fuck to investigate a mysterious item that he has. He's calling the viewing. And the whole story is, I'm not going to say it's slow, but it's like a character building story where all these characters are around a table, and they're all doing drugs and drinking and smoking and whatever, and, like, talking about their different fields and their backgrounds. And you sort of get an idea of who these people are and what, like, their motivations are going to be before it gets into, like, the craziness. So the majority of it is really just a discussion happening around a table. Um, and I, I sort of love that he spends all this time, like, building up the characters and sort of developing, like, where this is going to go. And then they get to the actual viewing of the item and, like, the shit just fucking hits the fan, and it is, he brings in comedy, he brings in, like, like, splatter gore, um, you have, like, no idea what's actually going on, like, there's, they're investigating this, what appears to be a meteorite or a rock, and it's, like, specifically shaped, and has all these weird properties, and... They're going through all the tests that they did to try to see what it was. And the scientist lady is trying to figure out like what it's made of and what it could possibly be. And the psychic guy is like, oh, my God, I'm getting so much energy off this. And the writer is a complete skeptic and a total asshole. And he's like, you guys are full of shit. It's just a dumb fucking rock. And uh, Eric Andre 
um, starts like losing his mind because he relapses into drugs earlier <laughs> because he gets forced into doing like cocaine and or like super cocaine basically. Oh and, man! Uh, do you know what? Can, <laughs> I just, can I just say, as like someone who used to do cocaine quite a lot back in the nineties, I got really excited <laughs> when, oh, they, when he start, when he starts pulling out the cocaine. I'm like, oh my fucking god. He has a a bowling ball full of cocaine, basically. I'm just like, oh, my God. And, you know, just seeing that pile of coke, and I'm like, fucking hell, I really want to try some of that shit. You know, and it's really bizarre because it's obviously (laughs) – this is where I I basically regress back to my old fucking self. It's like back in the day, I used to get some really shit drugs, and some of the coke I used to do was really shit. It was just the fact that she had medically, um, scientifically created the most perfect cocaine ever yeah. in the world. And these people were taking it. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I really want to try that. I really want to fucking do some of that. But obviously it was all on film and it was all, it was all like fake and all that kind of stuff. But it was just fucking really funny. I also discovered many years ago when people are snorting cocaine, so to speak, on film, are actually snorting bicarbonate of soda. Oh, are you serious? Seriously, it's bicarbonate of soda. What the fuck? What, hap- yeah. what happens when that gets in your sinuses? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Never tried it myself. All right, Shane, go get, go get some baking soda and see what happens. I've got some in the cupboard. No. I could try. But... <laughs> oh, my God. But, but... It's, 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 I found this out years ago. It's like... In the crow, it was during the making of the crow, because during the making, on the set of the crow, there was like a massive coke addiction going on between all the castmates and like all the crew and stuff like that. And Brandon Lee famously made a joke that when every every time everybody sneezed, it was like, "Oh, that's fifty dollars down the drain," you know, that kind of thing, because everyone was off the fucking heads on coke. Mm. And it's like the whole scene with Top Dollar when he's in his lair and he's got that big tray of Coke. It's actually a massive tray of bicarbonate of soda. Uh-oh. They've made it to the front of the house. Oh, no. Hang on one second. I got to yell. <laughs> All right. I yelled at him. But, yeah. What a tough guy. He's <laughs> <That is> quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just yelled, Odie, shut up. He's like, oh, oh. They're like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> the jig's up. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was still here. He thought he was just by himself, allowed to scream throughout the day. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. back to this. Uh, but it, it, it all has a point. Like, what, when Eric Andre starts, you know, doing the drugs and, and, that, and all that shit, he's like, yep, now I'm back on drugs. And, like, it just leads... To fucking craziness and typical Panos Cosmatos nutso, you know, it, it gets as wild as you would expect it to get. It gets a bit batshit. Yeah, um, which is fucking awesome. There's the guy with the gold AK-47. You're like, what the uh, yeah. fuck? What are we doing here? Um, but I, I really liked that the music in this was excellent. The, the the tone of this episode, like you said, Shane, it's different than every other episode. It's not like... Yeah gothic at all which the rest of the series if i was going to describe it would be gothic would be the one word i would use it's very dark the whole series on a whole is very dark yeah. but this one was this episode was definitely um complete 
U-Haul. You know, it was a total U-turn. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, you're right about the colours and stuff like that. And it kind of reminded me of sitting in a buddy's room years and years ago, like all off our fucking heads, and we're just sitting there under a red light. And it got really intense. And I was sitting there, I'm watching the episode, and it kind of took me back to that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just really, really intense. But it was really well done. And I found it a bit unnerving at times as well, because where they're in that red room with the red lighting and stuff like that, I just found that a little too intense. I think maybe that was because, obviously, when I when I used when I used to do drugs years ago, it was a. Uh, it used to be a bit like that, and it kind of it kind of took me back to that time in a sense. Mm. But yeah, this one was really great. Uh, I'd be excited to hear what you think about this, Mike, because I know you like Panos. Um, so I'm not gonna sp- yeah, I mean, not gonna spoil I what it, it actually is, but it's it's good. It's definitely worth watching, and it's not. I'm trying not to pay attention to you, what you guys are talking about. So. <laughs> I mean, we didn't really spoil anything other than just what's happening no, no, in the no, show, so. no, we did, no, no. But it's just it was like the whole drugs business. I was like, oh, this is just that fucking super yeah. coke. I'm like, ooh. I think my biggest takeaway from this, and I have never seen. I mean, maybe he has. I don't know. Eric Andre in like a serious role. And, I mean, not that he was entirely serious, but he was, like, especially in the beginning of the episode, he was like, it's completely straight, you know, no jokes. And I'm like, Eric Andre, what the fuck? Like, it just doesn't make sense in your head while you're watching it. But it ended up being pretty good. I mean, he was, the tough part for him is that he's acting opposite Peter Weller, who is, you know, Peter Weller is fucking Peter Weller. He's amazing in this. Um, but Eric Andre did pretty good, so it's like, yeah, okay, I can see him being in future things, not just something nonsense about, comedy like, skits. Yeah, something about like comedic actors going the drama route always gets me. Like a lot of times, they can really act their asses off. Yeah, you know, like Robin Williams and Will Ferrell, and you know, shit like that. It's just they do such a good job. It's like, I want more of the drama. Yeah. <laughs> I want more of their, you know, I've, I've seen their comedic shit, but yeah, so. this was good. So I can't wait for that. All right, Shane, why don't you wrap us up with the murmuring, the last episode? Oh, hold on a second. Oh, or, or I could start no, I, it. So this, no, one... I just, I just skipped back on the page inadvertently. So, just bear with me. All right. Well, this one's directed by Jennifer Kent, uh, who directed the Babadook. Um, and it's a Del Toro short story. He wrote it. So you want to tell us what happens in this one, Shane? One second. Oh God. What have I done? This is unbelievable. And you called us professional, yeah. Ryan. I thought he, I, we were professional until that whole, oh, the whole yeah, ball Ryan, thing threw us back. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, we're, yeah, we're professional, right? We didn't even make it through the intro song. Like, not even... <laughs> oh, yeah, this one... Now, this is the episode I thought was... I found this kind of dull. It was a good episode, but I found it kind of dull. Um, but basically, mourning a major loss, uh, ornithologist Nancy and Edgar flocked to a secluded home to study birds but the house's history reveal, reveals heartache and horror. Basically, it's um, Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. Um, 
he's in this one, uh, and his wife, I can't remember what her fucking name is, but she's, um, or the actress who plays her, but basically they're a married couple, they go to this house on this island to study birds because they're, they're famed for filming birds and doing all this exclusive shit with birds, basically. Um, you know, like the whole mating rituals, they study them and, you know, they make a lot of money off it. But basically they go to this mansion or this dilapidated old house and when they get there, she starts to see things um, that kind of disturb her, which convinces her that um, she's seeing ghosts from the house. So she starts to inquire and starts to research the previous inhabitants of the house. And it's she's um, she finds a few things that disturb her. I mean, she gets woken up in the middle of the night by various sounds and stuff. And obviously her husband, she wakes up and she's like, you need to go and investigate this. And there's nothing really there. Um, because he obviously convinced, he's obviously convinced that she's seeing things and that it's all bullshit. But then um, they discover the attic space. There's like a hole in the roof and all these birds in there and they're trying to work out why all of these birds have migrated to this house and they're all resting there and all that kind of stuff. And it's um, it takes a sinister turn when she discovers the ghosts of the house and there's like small children and like the mother, um, the ghost as well. And the disturbing shit that happens with the previous inhabitants and their ghosts and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad episode. Andrew Lincoln's quite good in it. You know, um, and he's a good actor anyway. Interesting, interesting, um, tidbit of information for you. Andrew Lincoln went to the university of East Anglia. What's that? That's the UEA. That's where that's like down the road from where I live. That's like 20 minutes walk from where I live. He was a student there. Did you ever get into a fight with him at a pub? No. Damn it. I never met him. That you know of? That I know of. Mm. I never really got into a fight with anybody, really. No celebrities as such. So I did, no although, I did call out, well, although I did call out Jared Leto um, after a gig once. He was there? No, Andrew Lincoln wasn't there. No. And, uh, th <laughs> no, 30 Seconds to Mars had played a gig at the UEA. Yeah. And um, I was getting stuff signed after the gig, and Jared Leto accused me of being an online seller, and I ripped him a new one. Good, he's a cunt. Yeah, did you, did you <laughs> yeah, accuse him of being a piece of shit? No, but I basically called him out. On, I basically called him a lanky cunt. So, because he's like six, foot, he's like six foot two. He's like a fucking giant beanpole. But um. <laughs> <laughs> lanky cunt. <laughs> Hashtag lanky, lanky cunt. cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, so, I, I agree with you, Shane. This one was a completely different pace than all the rest. It was it yeah. was a slow uh plotting story. Um 
in more so than all the others, this was the most straightforward story. There were no twists. There's no, like, once you figure out what's going on in terms of these people being there and she starts seeing spooky shit, you're like, okay, I get it. So what's going to happen? Probably the most predictable thing is going to happen, and that's exactly what happens. Um, And it's mostly about, like, dealing with grief and the husband and wife, you know, they had lost a child. So they're, they're arguing and going back and forth and trying to find their way through it. And in the meantime, she's trying to solve like a mystery kind of, but it's not really a mystery. Cause she just gets told what happens. Um, and how the, uh, how it all resolves and everything. I, I thought it was very straightforward. It wasn't bad in any sense, but it wasn't like, exciting or surprising or anything like that the performances were all good the 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 setting was very like gray and dour and fit the you know the emotion of the movie really well it was like you could tell it was made to to convey certain emotions and it does that very well and but i just don't know that it really fits with the rest of these episodes um because it's so different And in fact, I could see this being like, if this was a full length movie, which I think this was the longest episode, it felt like it anyway. But I think it was, yeah. If this same story was drawn out to a full length movie, it would have been like very boring and a lot of people probably having mixed reviews on it. Like, oh, like thankfully it was, you know, it's a, a much shorter story. And that's how I think a lot of these some of these horror movies should be more short stories than they should than instead of being like three hour movies. But I still felt this one probably could have been trimmed down a little bit. You can get to the heart of what's going on here a little faster than they did. Um, but it was still decent. I, I, I gave it like a six. Like I enjoyed it, but I don't know. I just didn't think it was up with the rest of them. Um, yeah, I agree. But I could see some people that'll really like this. Like if you like, uh, what's that movie with Nicole Kidman? Um, what Lies Beneath? Nope. The ghost movie. The Others. The Others. That's the, others. that's the one, The Others. If you like The Others or, um, oh, I'm trying to think of old ghost, uh, like ghost movies that are like, you know, really sad. Um, The Orphanage, kind of, but without the bus scene. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a, sort of a mystery ghost story, and it's okay. Um, not particularly scary. It's not like a conjuring. There's nothing like jumping out at you scary. It's more just like setting a tone. So, I don't hmm. know. Overall, I really like the series. I thought uh, that the series is better than the Creepshow series. I've only... Uh, actually, I watched... A, did I watch two seasons of Creepshow? I watched like one and three-quarter seasons of the Creepshow series... Uh, I like this a lot better. It's probably better than most anthology shows that of the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. Um, because I felt like it had, for the most part, a definite, like, gothic feeling to it, to most of the stories anyway. They were all in some way uh, connected in theme. Um, not connected story-wise, but, you know, the sort of cosmic horror bigger than us slash like outside of uh the normal kind of things happening i i I liked it for the most part 
Um, so mm. I don't know how you felt about the whole series, the series as a whole, Shane. Well, overall, I mean, I think I said it earlier. I mean, there were some really good episodes, and I think for me, the last couple of episodes were kind of lacking a little bit, if you know what I mean. Mm. It, it was all about the pace for me, and especially that last episode, it just didn't sit right. It felt like it shouldn't have been in the series. It just felt very different, very... Maybe they were just trying to, like, mellow it out for the last episode, but it didn't feel right, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Overall, it was good, though. I liked, uh, liked it for the moment. Oh, yeah. Right, Shane, why don't you tell us about Wednesday... Wednesday, yes. Wednesday. Um, Wednesday. Right, Wednesday, obviously, is the long-awaited TV series of Wednesday Addams. Um, Her years at Nevermore Academy. Um, Obviously, a beautiful little um, reference to Edgar Allan Poe, um, which is what the series is basically, well, is essentially what the school is all about. And it's basically Wednesday Adams at high school. And um, she's uh, she's discovered that she has psychic abilities. She gets, she starts to have visions and stuff like that. So basically, Gomez and Morticia and Pugsley, along with Thing and um, Lurch, go, they take her to um, Nevermore Academy. And basically, she starts there. It's obviously, she's a living... Uh, student and she gets to meet all the other students they're basically essentially gargoyles or gorgons and werewolves and vampires and they're set in this town called Jericho Um, and basically Wednesday ends up getting wrong with a few people from the start and uh, she's basically her typical deadpan humour, it kind of takes the humour her deadpan behaviour from the films with Christina Ricci and also takes aspects from the original TV show as well. And it starts off with Wednesday rocking up and discovering there is a murderer going around killing students and various other pe- various other townsfolk. And um, it kind of is... It's really quite cool. It's funny in places as well because it's obviously typical Adam's family kind of humour. So it's very dark, it's very gothic, and I really love it because for me, being an old goth and watching this, it's, they reference a lot of goth stuff in there as well, so that kind of puts a smile on my face. Um, but it's, uh, it's starring... Um, was it Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams? And she obviously was in Scream 5. And she's been in a few other bits and pieces as well. Gwendolyn Christie um, plays Principal Larissa Weems. She was all, she was in, um, obviously, Game of Thrones. And she's also, she played Satan in, um, or she played Lucifer in uh, the Sandman series as well. And then you've got people. Um, there's a lot of a lot of new people that I've not seen. So you've got Ricky Lindhorn, Jamie McShane, um, and a lot of people who are playing the teens. You've got Hunter Doohan, Percy Hind White, and then you've got Emma Myers who plays her Wednesday's roommate, um, 
Joy Sunday, she plays Bianca. She's kind of like a siren. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Christina Ricci actually plays one of the tutors in the um, in the school, which I thought was really, really cool. I, I, I loved it. Um, it's created by um, Alfred Goh, and obviously episodes directed by Tim Burton, which caught my attention straight away. Um, not to mention the fact that um, Danny Elfman did the score as well, which made it even more exciting for me because every time Tim Burton and Danny Elfman get together, in my opinion, they create magic. And I fucking love anything that they do pretty much. Um, so it was just really cool. It was really, it, I was excited for it. Um, and there's some, there's some really, it's a typical, it's kind of like a teen drama set in high school. Um, but the protagonist in the, in, in the episode is Wednesday Adams. So it's very dark. It's very um, deadpan. It's actually quite funny in a lot of episodes. It made me chuckle quite a lot. And I especially loved the scenes with Morticia Adams and Gomez when they turn up because it is very much um, in the style of the original series and the films, you know. Um, uh, Morticia was played... Oh, let me see. Hang on. I am getting there. I am getting there. Did, yeah, didn't they? This was like people were complaining about Gomez Adams because he was like a short Hispanic guy. And you're like, yeah, isn't he supposed to be a short, a short, fat Hispanic oh, guy? Yeah, I mean, right. It's Catherine Zeta-Jones played Morticia Adams. Right. And it was Louis, Louis Guzman played Gomez. And the thing is, yeah, people were complaining because they had like Gomez as like a short, fat, ugly guy, you know. But if people really remember what the original comics were like, Gomez was a short, fat, ugly guy, you know. And Morticia, tall, beautiful, gothic, or you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's I just found it really funny how people were just complaining about how he looked, but. It's how he was, because Tim Burton has obviously gone back to the source material, or that all the people who created this have gone back to the source material to see how he actually looks. There's an episode where Wednesday is at a dance, and she's dancing, she's throwing her limbs around and all the rest of it, and throwing her body around, and it's exactly that of Wednesday from the original TV show. So it's like little Wednesday Adams throwing herself around and throwing her limbs around and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was really well done. Was, they had so many nuances and there were so many callbacks to the original series and the two movies that came out in the 90s as well. Um, so it was, it was worth it. You know, it was worth watching. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Gwendolyn Christie was just fucking brilliant as the principal of the school. Because she's English. She plays an English woman. And she's, you know, she's quite strict as well. And because she's so fucking tall, you know, you think to yourself, Jesus Christ. And because there's certain camera angles where it makes um, Wednesday look really tiny. So the cameras are like over the shoulders where it, they're looking down at Wednesday. 
and she's looking up at people as well. So they've got the camera angles right. So they make um, Wednesday to be a really tiny, small girl. Um, and some of it is just so well done. I mean, I was really impressed with it. I mean, Tim Burton, I say t Tim Burton directed it. He directed four episodes. And he, I thought every episode was really, really well done. I thought it was very clever. It's very it was dark. It was funny. I mean, there's death. You get murders in it. You know, there's autopsies, which is like done typical Wednesday Adams or Adams family style. Um, and it is very Adams family. But you have to remember, there's only like cameos from Gomez and Morticia and Pugsley. Mm -hmm. And then you even have Uncle Fester turn up for an episode as well. Who, who plays which Uncle Fester? I, Uncle Fester, hang on a minute. Oh, I, gosh, um, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. It's just that I'm fucking looking on IMDb and I can't remember half of it and I need better glasses because my eyes, my eyesight is fucked. Um, How old is Jenna Ortega? Let me see here. 2002? Oh, my God. People were born in 2002? That's yeah. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen Fred plays Uncle Fester. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> It's actually quite funny. That's, that's actually, insane. It's actually quite funny. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it was really cool because obviously Christina Ricci, she's playing um, one of the teachers. She plays uh, Marilyn Thornhill. And there's like a whole story around her as well. And yeah, it's, it's just fucking brilliant. It's just really well done. I love it. I loved it. I, to the I loved it to the point where I actually watched the last four episodes again today. Because I enjoyed it that much. Hmm. Yeah, I might have to check this one out. It's got a good cast, so... That'd be yeah, it's got a great cast. How, how much, like, high school drama is it? Because I don't know how much of that I can take. It is, well, it's setting up. It's set at Nevermore Academy, so it's essentially all the students there. They're in high school. But Wednesday also is trying to investigate all these murders that are going on as well. And, you know, there's more to it than that. It's not just set in the high school, but you don't see no classroom activities or anything like that. It's just based around Wednesday being deadpan, coming up with some of the fucking deadpan quips that she's so good at. Um, I think one of my favourite ones was when she says, what kind of dystopian hellscape is this? You know, um, which I thought was brilliant. I, I literally made a note of that because I thought it was so funny. And... You know, it's like you've got the classic scene with Pugsley and Wednesday sitting on the end of a pier throwing hand grenades into a lake. Uh, she walks up to him and says, you forgot your fishing gear. And Dad packed your um, your best bait and he pulls out a hand grenade. Mm. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's really well done. I loved it. Awesome. I'm going to probably have to check that out. Freddy, don't you pee up here. What are you sniffing? Don't pee. <laughs> oh, boy. She's milling around. I let her out before we started recording. She shouldn't have to go. Well, I should probably wrap this up, fellas, so I can prevent a pee from happening in my bedroom. But yeah, no, that was. I enjoyed that. And it was great seeing Thing. Oh, you know. Thing is back. 
Thing is in it as well. He's great. Like, I love it. Does the guy that played Thing reprise his role? <laughs> I think they got someone new for this oh, one. It's, but it's not an, it's, an old wrinkly thing, hand. No, well, kind of, but it's like Thing looks like you can see he's still got the stitches from where he's been stitched together. Ah. And where he's had wounds and stuff like that. So they're kind of taking it back to the original thing from the cartoon or from the um, original comics. So he's got all the stitch work and his fingers look slightly elongated where they're like mismatched and stuff like that. So it's quite, it's kind of cool. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, that sounds good. So let's wrap this up, fellas. We can get on with our days. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening and fellas. Thanks for joining and getting in all these discussions. If you want to reach the podcast, you can get us on Gmail. All you need is blood pod at gmail.com. The Facebook group. All you need is blood. If you want to reach me, I'm on Facebook and on uh, Twitter. If Twitter still exists when this gets out uh, at Ryan Tudelo. <laughs> yeah. uh, also on uh, Instagram. All you need Ryan. And you can also probably catch me on the upcoming horrormovies.com message board. And I'm probably forgetting something, but that's all I have off the top of my head. Mike? Uh, do the All You Need Is Blood Instagram. I have my personal Instagram account, uh, the forum, the Facebook group, all the, all the normal stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, RoboGinger74. Um possibly Twitter, so long as it hasn't blown up. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Facebook group, all you need is blood. Um, and that's about it. But I wouldn't hold my breath with Twitter because I've got a sneak, I've got a sneaking suspicion. It's going to go boom in quite a spectacular fashion. Well, I can't learn a new social media, Shane, so that's it. Well, apparently there's one called, um, Mastodin. No. That's doing the round. Yeah, I've signed up to it. <laughs> apparently, you have to request it, but you, they do like background checks on you in order to fucking join. So, well, so I, I guess don't you're right. <laughs> yeah. They're going to find out Possibly. about this podcast. Yeah, once they read this one, they'll be like, nah, fuck you. You're out. <laughs> you got to have two balls to have. Right. I, I've got two balls. I just happened to fucking injure one of mine, all right? It says so. here that you called Jared Leto a lanky cunt. Yes. <laughs> Your point. Well, well, when he buys that new uh, that new service, then you're going to be out of luck, Shane. Oh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> all right, guys. I generally, generally don't give a fuck. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Thanks for everybody for listening. And I will just say bye for now. Hey, Goodbye. Oh my god, the fuck? There's two cats in here, two dogs. Chidi, what are you <laughs> doing? She's rounding everybody up, saying we all need to go out and we all need to piss. Yeah. Well, you have litter boxes. You can get out of here. If I find a piss over on that side of the room, I'm going to be so upset. Get yourself that litter, litter bot. <laughs> For the dog? Yeah, why not? I wish. Maybe I should train the dogs yeah. to go in the litter box. All right, fellas. I am going to go downstairs and start doing the chores I was supposed to do and did not before I get in trouble. I'm going to make some dinner. Because I'm, 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 I'm going to take a nap before the concert tonight. Ooh, so. concert oh, who are you saying? 
Yeah. Who are you seeing? Uh, Monomarth, Carcass, Obituary, and Cattle Decapitation. Cattle Ooh. Decapitation? Yeah. Carcass? There's a name from the, from the past. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be pitting for the first time in over 10 years, so let's see how my 35-year-old bones work. <laughs> Good luck with that. I can't yeah. do the pit anymore. I really can't do the pit anymore. I probably can't either. Ow! Oh, fuck!